We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have Dr. Taryn Dames. We have have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have culture-proof kids, culture-proof teens. It's something for the whole family and so you want to register we're going to give out more information is coming but you want to register the registration will start in february so just be on the lookout for that culture proof conference 2024 in bartlett tennessee at faith baptist church we are super excited more information as we get closer make sure you stay connected Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And this is part four of a five-part series on how to start well as a family. We've been talking about that the family must have a direction that it's going in. Um, your family is not a buoy, is how we started. Then we talked about um, prayer, Yeah. how to teach your kids how to pray. And we've talked about um, modeling for your kids how to love God's word, how to actively live that out as a natural part of our existence. I think so many of um, what might be seen as a discipline of the faith is just seen like some steps that we regurgitate, but not mm. something that we actively live out. Yeah, these things are foundational you yeah. know, for our families, but for us as individuals as well. But if we want to have a, a great foundation and start you know, in our in our family as we enter into this new year, these are, are the things that we should focus on. Yeah. You know, we talk about prayer, the word, you know, uh, those things, man, are essential parts of us having the type of families that God desire for us to have. Yeah, absolutely. So today we want to talk about teaching your kids to serve like Jesus and mm. um, servanthood is not something that's glamorous. It's not something that a lot of people just kind of like volunteer for, right? Right. Um, there are a lot of people who want to do the out front things. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about leadership, teaching kids how to lead. But for now, we're talking about servanthood, which is actually leadership. And so we'll kind of yes. mesh both of those um, episodes together. But servanthood just didn't sound as good as leadership. It doesn't even sound like leadership, I mean, to adults, let alone children. So when you start talking about servanthood, sometimes it feels like, mm, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I think sometimes when you talk about servanthood, we think of being under someone's thumb or, mm. you know, like we're some grueling, like, oh, like, you know, against our will, we're doing this thing and we we are servants. You know, but when we talk about uh, in the kingdom of God, it's a it's an honor to serve. As a matter, a matter of fact, the one who serves, you know, that's one who <laughs> is in a prominent position mm-hmm. as far as the kingdom is concerned. Yeah. And we don't think like that, you know, because I think in our our uh, culture is different. It's like, oh no, those who serve are beneath us. Yes. And, and that's crazy that we think that way. But Jesus showed us, you know, how to serve one another. You know, he did it himself. Mm-hmm. He left an example for us of how we should uh, treat one another, you know, and we should prefer others before ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said, um, you know, servanthood is often seen as one of those positions that's kind of like, beneath other people Mm -hmm. um it's not really glamorous you know we think of servanthood as something that we should not desire Mm -hmm. which i think is really interesting because of how much jesus presents servanthood as being sort of um maybe an example that we should endeavor to model Mm -hmm. not just something that we should talk about as great and other people but that servanthood is an example that we ourselves should model. In mm-hmm. fact, when you think of the Lord Jesus and you think of him serving, that's exactly what he presented to his disciples. And then the Bible, furthermore, says that the attitude or the mind that was in Christ should be in us, mm. right? right? That he taking on the very form, who, who by the way, he is God, but became like us, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So that he would give himself in our place. I mean, this is servanthood, yeah. right? Like this is Jesus serving us. Not not only what Jesus did um, as he was here on this earth and serving mm-hmm. his disciples, but ultimately what he did in serving us and giving his life for us, becoming yeah. the propitiation for our sin. Yeah, in a way, I wonder if we sometimes, uh, maybe not on purpose, but if we equate being a servant to being like a slave mm. in the sense of the negative, like slavery as we know it to be, you know, uh, that what happened in this country and, and even in other parts of the world, you know, um, yes, we are the servants and the doulos of Jesus, mm-hmm. even the apostles, they... They, that's what they titled themselves, you know. You read James; he, he, that's what he says that he was a servant. And so, man, but it's different. It's different. It's to serve the Lord is our pleasure, mm. you know. And yeah, there may be hard things that we have to do. There may be things that are against our flesh that we have to do, but it's all for His glory. Amen. Absolutely for His glory. And I think there's something that is almost a little bit. I want to say it's counterintuitive, um, but our intuition is fallen, right? Like what we think, <laughs> what we think is the right thing to do, or what we think um, is something that we should aspire to in the kingdom of God. It's usually the opposite, and the Lord usually says no to that. Mm. And I think that when we teach our kids about servanthood, one of the things that we want to teach our kids is that servanthood is leadership, and it doesn't look like what the world might desire uh, when one speaks of servanthood. And I feel like Jesus addressed this in the question that was asked by uh, James and John, right? Like they mm, who, who like, would be first, like yeah, oh, they, no, or who want to right, you know, and, right left. and left side? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about this position of prominence, mm-hmm. right? Like so, it's you know, it's almost <laughs> like the kid saying, "So who's going to take over the business when you croak, Dad?" 
It's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, you know, and, who's going to yeah. lead when you're done leading? <laughs> like, who gets to lead? When you're done, yeah. And it's funny because even in that account, it seems like the mom has something to do with that too. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. It yeah. depends on it depends on whose account you're reading there. <laughs> right. And according to Mark, uh, James and John, the two sons, this is found in Mark chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 35. It says that James and John, I see what you did there with the moms. James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Um, isn't that interesting? Because like Jesus knew. Mm. Yeah, he already knew. Right. But but the question is so full of right. like, you go ahead and unpack that. Okay. So Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Mm. Are you able to drink the cup <laughs> that I drink or to be baptized oh, with man. the baptism um, with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you shall drink. <laughs> they didn't fully mm. understand. <laughs> I don't think they fully no, understood. No, they did not. <laughs> and you shall be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized, but to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Mm. Um, when I when I think of this, I think that this reveals the question not only of James and John, but I think that this is the question of our heart and the yeah. question of our kids' heart. What can we do in life to have prominence? What mm. can we do in life to be significant? Maybe, you know, in various roles, the idea of what it is to be a leader. And it's good that we pair these two episodes together because I think there's a little bit of confusion over what leadership actually looks like. Um, and I think we as adults and our kids don't understand that leadership is actually servanthood. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, actually, you know, when we start talking about a position of leadership, knowing the sacrifice that is involved in that, there's also the idea of, um, not the idea, but there's the reality of suffering. Mm. But Jesus is saying, mm. okay, you're presenting this desire, mm -hmm. but are you, are you willing to suffer? Right. the way that I'm that I'm going to suffer, right? Like they're looking at the position and looking at the prominence, but the question is, are you willing to suffer? And I think one of the things that we fail to teach our kids, and, and this is something that is missing in the church, is the narrative and the history and the expectation of suffering. So if we want to teach our kids how to serve, we've got to teach them to be willing and ready to suffer mm -hmm. for bearing the name of Christ. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Man, that's powerful. And, and the way that you, you talked about people, you know, wanting prominence. Well, Jesus, he said, man, if you want to be important, you want to be, <laughs> you have to be the servant of mm -hmm. all. You know, that turns things on his head. Like, it's like, what? You know, because in our economy here as humans, it's like, no, no. You know, the one who, one who serve is beneath. Mm. That's the little guy. 
you know, but in the economy of the kingdom, no, the one who serves, that's the one who is great, yeah. you know, because they're able to humble themselves that's just right. as Jesus did. Yes. They're able to do things that may, maybe against their flesh, you know, not for their own good only. Yep. Man, those type of things, they don't come natural no. to the natural man. No, they really don't. And I'm wondering at this point, like if, you know, someone's listening and they say, well, how do I teach that to my kid? Like, how do I teach my kid how to serve and show the value in serving, I would say, and then I'd like for you to kind of pick up from this, um, that we've got to model that. If yeah. we if we think that servanthood is slaves work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, I wouldn't be caught dead taking out the trash at church. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be caught dead, you know, helping people find a, a place to sit in a mm-hmm. crowded room mm-hmm. or or even recognizing that the person who ministers in the pulpit is a servant. Mm, right? Good. Like that that you know, it's it's difficult for us to to yeah. model that, but yeah. when we model it, it becomes something that's easier for our kids to see. Yeah, definitely. It's like almost everything that we talk about as parents, we have to show them, you know, it goes back to what we we're talking about with Deuteronomy chapter six. Yeah. It has to be in our heart first, and then you teach them diligently. Mm-hmm. So if something, if, if servanthood is important, which it is, and, and understanding how to serve others is important, then we have to do it first. And then they, we, that's how we model it. We show them by us doing it. And so that, that, Man, we can't have a, a attitude of, you know, I would I could never do this. I would never do this. You know, it has to be one of, man, Lord, how can I serve you today? Because we're serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're serving others, we're serving the Lord. I don't think we see it that way. I think we see we see it as, oh man, you know, I'm somebody too. Yeah. Why, you know, why yeah. am I you know, you're serving the Lord. And so that's how we have to look at those things. And again, getting back to what it is to be practical in all of the application of the word of God, it's to do those things that we want to see in our kids. So if yeah. we want to teach our kids to serve like Jesus, then we have to serve like Jesus. Mm. We have to be willing to do the things that maybe nobody else wants to do, like having a different definition of what leadership is. And yeah. in fact, if you continue in Mark chapter 10, you'll see that after James and John come and make their request, um, the remaining 10 disciples <laughs> are indignant. Like they're beside <laughs> themselves. Like, it's like brickle, brackle, brickle, brackle. You know, it's like, how dare you come and ask for a position of prominence? And then even with their um, aggravation mm-hmm. or their anger over what James and John have just done, Jesus, oh, the the, the greatest teacher to ever live, mm. takes that moment and turns even that into an additional teaching moment. And so in verse 41, I'll just start here. The Bible says, hearing this, this being the request and the exchange from Jesus, right, between James and John, um, the Bible says, hearing this, the 10 began to feel indignant with James and John, calling them to himself. Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. Mm. But it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all mm. for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Wow. 
Wow. Mm. Powerful. You know? Powerful. And I, I'm not sure as they were hearing this, it was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, ouch. You know, I, I'll never forget one of the most powerful things, experiences that I had was uh, during my time in campus ministry when I had the opportunity to lead the impact team. Mm, yeah. It was a special group. I call it a special group of students that I, I was leading. And these were students who were not called to... Uh, lead Bible studies mm-hmm. in the dorms. They maybe didn't have that teaching ability or whatever, but they could serve and they and they had um, gifts of ho- hospitality and mm-hmm. making sure things were done. And so the impact team was a team of students who set up and tore down, you know, after, before and after events, made sure that lemonade and tea was in in, My goodness. <laughs> in pictures and, you know, make sure uh, chairs were out and things yeah. like that. And I will always tell them, man, you know, if you don't do your job, if you don't do what you're called to do, everyone will notice. Yeah. <laughs> the and microphones so won't be set up. Yep. You know, things won't happen. So it's very important. And I took them through the Bible. I took them through the book of Acts, especially where the deacons were assigned. Yeah. And showed them that these men were men full of the Holy Spirit and Amen. wisdom. Amen. Acts chapter 6. Amen. E- exactly. And so that to see what they're doing as as serving others as men, this is a high work. This is something that God has called you to. And so that was one of the most uh, uh, powerful experiences I had during campus ministry was to lead that team because it it showed me it showed me something like, man, in, in, in serving others, man, there, there is power in that. There's there's love for your brother and sister in that. There's a kingdom mindset that's mm-hmm. built in that, and, and it's needed. You know, I think one of the problems that we may have as parents in the body of Christ is that we don't see the dignity and the joy or maybe even the prestige in serving. So not only do we kind of shrink back when there is an opportunity, I'm putting my quotes up, um, there's an opportunity to serve coming up, everybody. And as soon as the pastor says, or somebody in ministry says that there's an opportunity to serve, people immediately regret to inform you that they can't make it. (laughs) It's It's like you haven't checked your calendar. Oh, but I know I'm busy on that day, but we haven't given the day. Well, go ahead, give it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy on that day, right? Because we don't see service as something that we all clamor to do. And mm. I think it's because we have wrongly understood it. Maybe we have filtered an understanding of service through um, a secular cultural lens mm-hmm. rather than through the lens of scripture. This is what it means to be countercultural. It means to look at things through the lens of scripture. So why am I saying that? Because when we talk about teaching our kids to serve like Christ, one, we want them to see us serving. Mm-hmm. We want them to see us not trying to get out of those opportunities mm-hmm. to serve, right? Yeah. We want them to see yeah. us doing the things that don't get lauded from the pulpit. You mm-hmm. know, like you're, you're not going to get a whole lot of accolades by doing that, but those things are still important. They still need to be done. Maybe it's the quiet service of your kids catching you emptying the trash at church. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the quiet service of your kids catching you wiping down countertops or wiping down tables. Those things are important. And when our kids see us doing it, mm-hmm. they take their cues from us that, oh, wait a minute, this is noble to do. Yeah. This is good to do. This is pleasing to the Lord. Yeah, because even in that, we model. So if we're That's modeling, right. like uh, when they're 
things that arise that need our help, we're <laughs> ducking and hiding. I mean, they're seeing that as well. And <laughs> nine times out of 10, they're going to take that, that same type of mindset. So all of that we're teaching, yeah. you know, we're showing our children, you know, uh, what it is and what it means to serve. And so we got to be careful uh, that our hearts are right. And if, if we have those things in our heart, those are, those are things we take before God and say, Lord, would you help me with yeah. this? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What about teaching service to our kids um, from the, from the viewpoint of being willing to lay their lives down for one another. Mm. And what I mean by that, like in our culture today, when we think of persecution or we think of what it is to suffer, because remember, we want to say that servants suffer. The example of Christ was that as a servant, he suffered, leaving us an example of how to suffer, um, this according to the Apostle Peter. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering how we might teach our kids to suffer um, in service of one another not so much in, in, not so much in as much. How do I want to say this? Not suffering with the thought that they would lose their physical lives, mm -hmm. right? But suffering um, in a way that they might lose their status. You know what I mean? That they no longer get invited to the types of events that maybe they were once invited to because they stood up and told the truth about mm. who Jesus is. You know, when I when I think about huh. serving yeah. one another, I think of telling the truth because we're serving one another, right? Like mm -hmm. we if you if you endeavor to lay your life down for a friend, mm -hmm. you're not gonna be guarding or protecting your own personal safety. You are willing mm -hmm. to give that up because you know that your friend must know the truth. Our kids are surrounded by kids who are confused on so many issues. Man. If we don't teach them to have the readiness and the willingness to lay down their life, their personal comfort, mm -hmm. right? They're just, you know, you don't want to stand out. You don't just want to blend in. Everybody look exactly the same, go along and get along. Um, if we don't teach them to be ready to lay down their lives, mm -hmm. then they will not serve in that way. Well, wow, that's teaching them to serve the Lord. Amen. Like serving the Lord will take a sacrifice, will take you um, standing for what the word says. So what does it mean to be a servant of the Lord? You mm -hmm. know, and so that will most likely put you on the outs yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that, you know. And so I think once again, mm -hmm. our children have to see us willing to serve the Lord. Yes. We, we, we say serve the Lord. And I think, I don't, I don't know if we really think through what that means. You know, that means that whatever he desires, we desire. That, Amen. Whatever his will is, that's what we want. Yeah. And and whatever he says is the command. Yeah. So yeah. to serve the Lord. So you will be ostracized in this world for serving the Lord. Man. And so, so when they see us doing that, you know, and, and standing for God and serving the Lord, that's also a model for them on what they need to do as Christ followers. Yeah, right right down to um, telling the truth on cultural issues. Yes. Like if you say yes. to your kid, you know, how do we approach this? And we look at it as service to the Lord, that mm -hmm. to do right, to do good is service to the Lord. Right. I mean, that's a big step. And, and in some instances, it's a right burden that our kids feel, mm. but we are trying to raise followers of Christ mm. who are going to live in a world that is hostile to the truth. So we must teach them by modeling mm -hmm. and also with our words that serving the Lord means that you tell the truth and, and often you're going to be in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And we have, to, we have to be comfortable as the parents to be there and to do that so that they will see 
yeah, it may not be comfortable, but it's necessary if we're following Christ. Yeah. You know, and they learn these things by watching us go through those same things. Mm -hmm. They remember, they will remember the trials and the situations and the tests that you go through as a parent. You know, some of these things that you, when you're walking by faith, walking things out, your children see and they see your response. They see how we interact with God and, and, and other people. And it's, it's a, a, a learning experience for them as well on when they are challenged and tested what they should do. Yeah. You know, I was thinking um, another way that we teach our kids to serve is that we help them recognize the gifts that the Lord has entrusted to them. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that we often don't see a lot of, especially in young children, is connecting their giftedness to God's expectation that they would serve through those gifts. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we see things in our kids and we marvel. We think our kids are fantastic. Like you're a gifted <laughs> right. musician. We think you're great. You're, you're a gifted athlete. Yay. Keep mm -hmm. going. But we need to stop as we observe that. We need to stop for a minute and say, hold on a second. That is a gift that God has entrusted to you. Yeah. Do you know that God intends for you to serve him as you execute that gift, as you carry that out? Mm. Now, we could limit that. I don't recommend that we do. We could limit that to the context of the church's gathering. But I think the Lord intends that the gifts he's entrusted to us and entrusted to our children not only operate when the church is gathered collectively, mm -hmm. but as we live our lives every single day. So if your kid has gifts that you've been able to pinpoint, mm -hmm. and this may go back to some of our previous episodes and talking about how to start well, but if your kid has a specific gift that you've been able to put your finger on, mm -hmm. It is your responsibility as a parent to tell that kid, hey, listen, this is a gift that you didn't give yourself. Yeah. This is a gift that not even your parents gave right. you. This is a gift that the Lord, by way of the Holy Spirit, has entrusted to you. And God wants you to steward that gift well, and he wants you to use it to serve him. Yeah, because the truth of the matter is that the enemy wants uh, those gifts to serve oh, him. Oh man, come on. So if we don't teach our children how to serve the Lord through those gifts, the enemy is right there. The devil is right there to capitalize mm -hmm. on the gifts that's been given by God. We see it all through culture. We see people with uh, talent to sing, talent to do this and talent to do that. And they may make a lot of money doing those things, but then they're, they're far from God, you know, but these talents and, and these giftings were given by God. Mm -hmm. So we as Christian parents, if we uh, instruct our children, like, man, these things are given to you by God for God's glory. Mm -hmm. Use it for his glory, not not to just lavish upon yourself or, you know, your desires. But ask the Lord, how can I use this gift to glorify you? We have to teach him those things. Amen. So, number one, let your kids see you serving. Let your kids see you laying down your life and doing that with the joy and with the humility. Let your kids also see that you have a willingness to suffer as you serve. Uh, sometimes, depending on what role or capacity that you're serving in, it can be one of the most thankless jobs ever. Mm. I mean, th there are some things that happen in the body of Christ that people just don't walk up to you and say, thank you for that. Right. Mm. Like they almost kind of see it as like, well, of course you should do that. Well, somebody's got to do it. It's like, no, that is still service. And so we've got to teach our kids how to be able to serve, even without the accolades, how to serve um, in obscurity that the Lord would exalt them, would put them in a position where their gifts would be recognized. And that kind of takes us to the one that we just talked about, recognizing that the Lord has entrusted gifts to them mm -hmm. and that he's given instruction for how those gifts should be used 
used for his glory and that all of that is service to the Lord, then recognizing, recognizing that even though service can be despised in our larger culture, mm-hmm. we Christians as the minority culture, I know it sounds like I'm using <laughs> social justice language, but really, really wide is the path to destruction, right? Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And so we are the minority. Bible-believing Christians are the minority. Mm. I think when you start to teach your kids that the majority culture has a different view of servanthood than we who follow God's example or Christ's example, and we've got to be willing that that's not going to be popular, right? Mm. It's not going to make you um, one of the most celebrated people in culture. Um, I think also, I I will say this, um, servanthood takes a a level of courage that we don't often talk about. Because going back to one of the other illustrations, if servanthood is a willingness to tell the truth, a willingness to live according to the convictions of Christ and Mm -hmm. to do the difficult things, then that can cost us a lot in our culture today, Um, especially a culture that is driven by likes and hearts and, Mm -hmm. you know, thumbs up. Um, When you don't get those, it can almost seem like a social death. Yeah. Living a life of servanthood is living culture proof. Amen. Amen. It's it's counterculture. It so goes against the grain of what we are trained to do and Mm -hmm. to be, you know, in this world. And so we have to teach our children uh, in an intentional way, you know, through uh, the model of our lives and and the teaching of our words, what it means to be a, a servant of the most high God. Yeah. And our kids are watching for this. They're watching for this. You know, I, I, I just had a thought as you were saying that, Will the Great, I was thinking that, you know, there are going to be opportunities in your local fellowship to serve throughout the year. Maybe if historically you haven't done that, you've thought, well, somebody else can do that. You know, I'm doing this or I'm busy or I just don't feel like doing it. Maybe our kids are waiting to see the totality of faithful living. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe our kids are waiting to see us do the things that like, you know, it's not going to get your name in lights. It, it won't make, you know. I was going to say it, it won't make the program. I don't know if churches still use programs, but <laughs> um, but it's not going to put your name in lights. Mm. But the Lord sees it. Yeah. And everything that we have done, we've done unto him. Maybe there's going to be like a church facility cleaning day, or maybe there's going to be a service project that we can undertake to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it may not be a glamorous undertaking, but maybe this year you'll do it. And maybe that will be the thing that maybe opens your kid's eyes to the reality that in total, you believe everything that you say, mm. that you're living the totality of the scriptures. As you say, Will the Great, and rightly so, this is truly being culture-proof. It's living differently in the culture. Amen. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture-proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.
95% of all startup businesses fail, and that's not great. But not enough entrepreneurs realize that only 5% of business acquisitions fail. Blue Collar Millionaire wants to help you succeed in business. Business can be good if you know where to look, what to look for, and how to acquire what you find. That's what Blue Collar Millionaire is all about. Kevin, Mark, and Chris are three normal guys who grew their blue collar businesses into seven figure successes. Now they are helping others do the same thing. You can learn more when you visit bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net. Let their proven strategies teach you how to purchase into instant cash flow, processes, and systems that create the lifestyle you've dreamed of. It's time for your hard work to work hard for you. Discover the war room at bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net.